My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It is a crisp autumn morning here in the capital and joining me on today's programme is Adrian Grindley, owner of digital design agency Pop Creative. Um, Adrian, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's in uh, North Wales. It's not quite so crisp and sunny here, but uh, it's quite nice. It's very, very nice nonetheless. Now, um, Adrian, um, Pop Creative, your business, so you launched in uh, 2001 and um, you're a digital design agency, aren't you, that counts um, WordPress and WooCommerce amongst those that you've uh, worked with. So, you know, quite some uh, big guns there. Yeah, so we, um, yeah, absolutely. So we, we, so we have been going since 2001. We didn't register as a limited company until 2011, I think. Um, and, uh, sorry, about, yeah, about 2011, um, and it was a, we we were a full service agency, so we worked on everything. We worked on print, and we did we did everything really, and we did a lot of local business. And in the, I would say in the last, um, I think we got invited to an, an event at Google, uh, and and it kind of changed what we wanted to do as a business, and we came we came very focused on performance, um, what, you know, how websites perform, conversion rate optimization, um, looking at the user journeys on websites. And we came, we became sort of obsessed with that and we changed our business. So we scrapped everything that we did in terms of any marketing, any PPC, any um, social media advertising. And we focused purely on, on companies' websites so now we work in different sectors, helping companies understand their traffic that's coming to the website, helping them understand their user journey, helping them understand what happens when people make an inquiry, and we look to optimize that. So it's really a case of making it better for everybody. So for the user, it becomes much, much better. It becomes a much more pleasurable experience. And obviously then for the company themselves, uh, they get fans of the business so they get people who like the journey much much better um so that's what we do we and we we double down on that we basically just focus purely on helping companies um to grow their online uh websites and so operationally how have you found it over the last sort of 18 months with the challenges of the covid pandemic because a lot of businesses working in digital and working in technology with the proliferation of internet usage and the fact that we've not been able to meet face to face they found that business has been booming more so than ever before in some cases um has that been sort of the case for yourselves as well yeah i think that's only just happened in the in the last 12 months maybe i mean to start with like everybody else, it was an absolute crisis in terms of we didn't know if there was any funding available. You know, we didn't really know what was happening, and um, and, and lots of businesses just pulled. I mean, we we had I think the first week of the lockdown happening, it was such a shock to everybody that we lost forty percent, fifty percent of our monthly revenue. Um, you know, we, we we had to really sort of cut back on everything. We were looking at everything and cutting back. Um, and then there were a handful of companies that just stuck with it. And and then and then over the course of say four or five months, everything changed. 
and things started to get busier and busier and busier to the point now where it's yeah i mean it's difficult to recruit people and um and so it's it's got you know it's got to a point i suppose where there is a lot of work out there um but i think right at the beginning it was a very different story you know it's it's okay to look at it in hindsight and think this is what happened but actually mm. at the time i would say the majority of people in my industry were in full panic mode as to what to do because if you were you know and it's and again it's hindsight but if you were running an agency at that time that you were selling things online, you know, and you had a big uh, marketing campaign going, you cut it because no one was buying anything. I mean, you know, we forget that people just pull back on everything. No one was buying anything because nobody knew where their work was coming from. Nobody knew how long they were going to be furloughed for. In fact, furlough didn't exist to start with. So, you know, it was really panic stations. Nobody wanted to advertise online. Why would I advertise online? No one's shopping online. And it crept back in. I mean, it crept back in quite quickly. But at the time, everybody pulled everything. Uh, we were quite fortunate because we were working with companies purely on their websites. And the companies that really stuck around with us said, we need to move quickly and we need to work out how we can service people. So we worked a lot, for example, with, with dental practices. And what happened with those dental practices were, obviously, you know, you couldn't go to the dentist. So a lot of dentists pulled their work with us, but then a lot of dental practices, they said, well, how can we work out like online consultations? How can we do things for people so that, you know, how can we release articles that will help people at home, you know, and things like that. So um, the good companies, I think, stuck with it and tried to work out and we were able to help those companies shift their online presence. And then as work came back, we were there also to help them rearrange how they sold things so lots of companies that were in service industries changed to how they went online and that stuck around really i suppose um mm. so yeah right in the early days it certainly wasn't like it is at the moment yeah and during those early days actually um what was it like sort of maintaining morale in-house because i can imagine amongst your colleagues there were probably quite a few sort of worried faces in amongst all of that yeah it was um you know, there was there was lots of uh, upset. There was lots of kind of stress. Um, I think for business owners and business leaders, that was really difficult and really challenging. No, no, you know, I, I remember talking to businesses abroad, and when England what first went into lockdown, I think I was talking to someone in another country that they hadn't gone into lockdown, and I said Boris has completely uh, stopped the country from moving, you know, completely closing industry down. And they said, no, that'll never happen. And I said, it's happening. They're literally stopping businesses from, from running. So if you owned a shop, you're closed down. That's it. End of story. And I think that scared everybody. You know, as I say, in hindsight, you can look at it and you can say, oh, well, we got back to where we were. But actually at the time, you know, everybody worried about it. Everybody worried about what, where, where work was going to come from and, it literally felt like I can't just leave this one industry and go into another industry. It was like everything was finished. So it was very stressful, lots of tears for everybody, I think, at that point in time. Mm. But would you say that maybe from navigating this experience that you've maybe taken some real lessons from this sort of crisis management experience, if we call it that? Yeah, I think 100%. I think that's, that's one of the things that I will take with me forever, really, is to when the chips are down you you there are still ways to look at things and there are alternative ways to look at things and 
we used to quite a lot. We used to compare year on year. So we used to look at, not not personally, but for other companies. So we'd look at traffic to your website. We'd look at, you know, what were the conversion rates on your website like this time last year? And of course, you can't do that now. You can't, you can't say, well, what was it like this time last year? Because you're looking at a different time. And next year, you can't look at this year and say, well, what was it like this time last year? Because things move so fast. But I think all in all, it showed the resilience of all the businesses who stuck with it. And there were businesses folding left, right, and center. I remember talking to companies that were saying, you know, I think I'm going to close down now. We're not going to. But those companies that kept going, it showed me that actually when you lose that amount of business and you, you become really, really um, low and, and everything like that, actually there's still, there are ways to pick back up and there are ways to move forward even when it looks like the entire country is being locked, locked, locked down. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that, that, that's given me a sense of, I think there's a unique culture between business owners right now mm. that in 20 years time, people will ask that question to those business owners. How did you get through that? How, how did you deal with that? Um, and, and that they'll be able to give their advice on it because, because it was a re- such a unique situation. It was, wasn't it? I think we've seen business owners perhaps sort of coming together and almost kind of networking in a sense more than they ever have before because they've had to approach each other, confide in each other and learn from each other to try and get through this. And we've never really seen that between competitors before, have we? And then even in the hunt for a vaccine, for instance, we were seeing um, some of the big pharmaceuticals sharing intellectual property as well. And that's unprecedented, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly within my community of digital agencies and things like that, you know, there was a there was a real sense of people coming, you know, people were organizing things online to get together to talk about how you dealt with staff, how you dealt with clients, how you dealt with the complexity of of the situation. And there was a real helping out, you know, there's a real helping hand of people sort of saying, I would do this. And there was lots and lots of podcasts around at the time of people, you know, people were locked down, so they had nothing else to do. So they they were releasing things about, you know, this is the way that we handle this. And this is the way it was was extremely useful. Yeah. And I think that was um, something that's never happened before. Yeah, absolutely. I would certainly um, agree with that. And I've seen a lot of business leaders coming onto our uh, program as well, sort of sharing some of the ways that they've dealt with it. And one of the things that some of the guests uh, previously on this show have mentioned is the fact that when it came to sort of maintaining morale and leadership, it had to start with the self. It was no good sort of going around and checking in on everybody else and making sure that everyone else was in the right sort of headspace, given sort of the emphasis on mental health that we've seen over the last couple of years, and then letting themselves burn out when they're the ones sort of leading from the front and leading by example, as it were. So is it important as business leaders that we also take that step back and look after our own well-being as well as also checking in on those around us, do you feel? Yeah, I think so. I think that's it's a really good point. But it's, and it's, it is really, really difficult. You know, I think when you run any business, you've got the global view of what's going on and that can that can make you, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the pressure to... Um, to keep your mind set and to keep your mind straight. You do have to, you know, I suppose have good family and friends around you to kind of be able to, to keep that level head. Um, but I think it's really difficult. I think it is really, really difficult. And, but I think we, 
we have lots of technology that allows us to keep in touch with people and communicate with people. And I think that was one of the great advantages. If, 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 if two years ago I'd have tried to set up a podcast or I tried to set up a, a Google Meet or a, you know, a Zoom meeting and things like that, clients would have just been like, what? And, but everyone was forced into using it. And actually, of all the negatives that have been around around that, um, actually, it was a positive being able to kind of keep that morale up between everybody, mm. uh, you know, because you could have a joke and a laugh and you could talk to each other and you could see each other and you could say, well, we're all going to check in at a certain, you know, certain time. Um, and I think that helped. I don't know what it would have been like if it was 30 years ago. I don't know what that would have been like, you know, having to phone everybody up and individually speak to them. Mm. So I think that was really, really important. But I think I personally feel that being in an office situation, being in an environment where everyone's working together is is really good for your mental mm. health. I do, I do genuinely believe that. I think that in our, you know, just for, for, from our side, I was missing out on little things that I didn't understand about different members of the team until we got back in and I could see you know, maybe that wasn't the right thing that they were working on or that they didn't like doing that thing and I hadn't picked up on it because we were, we were remote. So I think working together is much, much better like that. But yeah, it's really difficult to keep everybody's morale going and mm. to sort of keep focused and to keep, your, to, to keep your own mental health in check because I think it's very, you, who have you got to rely on? I think that's where it's good for businesses to have coaches, to have some outside influence to help them kind of work through what they're what they're going you know going through yeah certainly um, a major point there and i think you're absolutely right about the fact that there's a place for the hybrid and not just one or the other home working or in the office because when you do have that sort of interaction within the office space you have those sort of water cooler moments don't you which are so important for innovation and the like and um Another key thing um, is that as we've come out of uh, sort of social restrictions, I suppose for a lot of businesses, it almost hasn't been sort of instant relief, has it? We've still got sort of issues with, you know, sort of sky high energy prices, shortages of HGV drivers, supply chain issues, issues with export because of Brexit. So there are still quite a few sort of problems lingering there. Uh, Recruitment shortfalls in a lot of industries as well that we're seeing. So in terms of trading, it isn't always smooth for every business out there at the moment, even with covid for the meantime gone um but for yourselves in digital what has it sort of been like since restrictions have been lifted well i think that's right i think you're absolutely right and i think we you know we 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 focus heavily on on what the clients are doing so lots of different clients that we're working with they've got they've got problems with being overrun with work that becomes a problem in itself um and I think, you know, the challenges for us are recruitment and employment and, you know, and the other businesses that we're working with are demanding things to be done quicker and faster and they want to get somewhere, you know, quicker. Um, And that becomes a challenge in itself. So, you know, that we're constantly trying to invest in, in the service side so that we're, you know, communicating well with our clients. Um, but it's really challenging. It's really challenging to kind of, you know, recruit. I think recruitment, I, th- I don't think you could talk to any industry at the moment that isn't struggling on that side of things. And that, that becomes a challenge in itself without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think that there are 
people that can cherry pick work at the moment and, and there's so much work out there uh, for people to get into. But I can't, I can't see it lasting. I can't see that. I can't see that. I, I feel like it's a bubble that will burst at some point in time. And obviously then businesses have got to react to that. Mm. So I think that's big challenges. I think, you know, in, in the design industry, actually it's the same as in any other industry. As I say, it's recruitment, um, holding on to people you've got um, and getting your processes right and, and, and really just working with people on the changing landscape that's happening all the time. Um, I think we've we've always found that when we've taken on clients, it's been fairly stable. You know, we've known how to work with them, how to act with them. I think now that's become a little bit more challenging because if we're helping a restaurant or we're working with a dental practice or something like that, that it can change overnight. It can change, you know, you know, their situation. So for us, that's really, really difficult to keep up with, with that change in the landscape. And if we sort of analyze that sort of changing landscape and the recruitment shortfall a little bit further, do you think that company culture is now sort of more under the microscope than ever because job candidates they're looking at things like is this company allowing flexible working is it putting sort of mental health and well-being at the forefront of their cultural concerns and i think if you're an employer that's not showing that sort of awareness and moving with the times you're going to struggle to bring people in aren't you so the demands of of the employee they're changing aren't they and the employer has to be very very aware of that yeah absolutely so i i've spoken to people who have you know, when they've been recruiting, I mean, I haven't experienced this myself, but I've, people have asked, you know, what what was the situation? How many people did you furlough? Um, what's your, um, you know, what what's what's the process from working from home? What do you, what are your flexible hours like? And all these kind of things, which you never would have got asked before. You ne- you never would have you never would have negotiated on those sides of things. I think that's really challenging for businesses to work through. Um, and I think it's, you know, especially for our industry, right? You can, you know, you, you used to be able to, if I was, you know, I've put adverts out and I've had lots and lots of inquiries from, um, from people looking for work who are in London, say we're in North Wales, so we wouldn't pay the same rates as you would for London and for obvious reasons, uh, you know, a house around here isn't going to cost you the same as a house would in London. Um, so people can work all over the place. People can move around, you know, people can work remotely. But I think, yeah, the questions that come to businesses about what you offer here, here, and here, it becomes quite sticky for some companies because if they they literally had no idea in the crisis what to do, uh, in the COVID crisis what to do, mm. uh, and they might have made mistakes and they might have held up their hands and said, look, we didn't, we didn't do this right. Um, now they're finding that more challenging. And I think when you're interviewing people, you're finding that. You're finding questions coming at you that you wouldn't have found prior. Mm. But I think it's only right. I think it's only right. I think I think people who are looking for a job, they need to know these things. They need to know, you know, what, what's the... Um, you know, what's the moral standing of the company that I'm going to be going to work yeah, for? Course. They want to know this, you know. 
and there is a government so, yeah, consultation. It's a tricky, time. Um, it's a tricky time for businesses, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Adrian. And uh, there is a government consultation, of course, ongoing at this very moment um, about um, making remote working or flexible working the default and making that sort of right to request um, the ability to do that a right to have. And that's, of course, due um, in early December, just this uh, this coming month. So very, very interesting to see what comes of that. Um, before, yeah. um, of course, we wrap up on the uh, the programme uh, today, however, I do want to talk a little bit about sort of Pop Creative's ambitions over the, uh, the next 12 months, because um, as we've touched on, we're sort of out of restrictions in England for the time being, and long may that continue, hopefully. But what are you looking to sort of press home over the next 12 months? And where is it that you'd like your business to be by this time in 2022, all being well? So, I mean, we're growing as, a, as an agency, but we have no particular ambition to grow to a huge organization. We want to stay fairly boutique. Uh, in our offering and we want to service our clients um, you know to the best of the ability that we can and make sure that we're not overrun with too many clients that we're servicing really really well the clients that we've we've currently got and I think it's really difficult to look at the next 12 months and say where we're going to get to Um, but I think for us what we want to do is we want to really just concentrate within certain industries look at certain sectors that we work very, very well in and really help those businesses in navigating the next 12 months um, and helping them grow uh, alongside helping us grow. I think it's very positive at the moment. We've got two new members of staff starting next week. Um, We're looking to grow our uh, sort of of AI um, areas that we're working in. Um, and we're looking to sort of make sure that we keep doubling down on our service element. We think it's really, really important for companies to be serviced really, really well in terms of having someone all the time being on the phone to them, finding out what their ambition is, what they want to do. So we're really working hard on that side of things. So I think as a company, you know, the ambition is really to, to, to obviously grow, to look at the landscape that's happening at the moment and help move with it and just look at the latest technology that's out there that we can use to embrace uh, our service. Sounds like some fantastic um, ambitions and plans there and all the best of luck, Adrian, in um, executing those. And who knows, maybe in 12 months' time, we'll be sort of back on this programme and just assessing how far you've come in uh, trying to uh, make all of that a reality. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. I'd certainly relish that opportunity, Adrian. It's been fantastic having you on the uh, the show with us today and just getting a little bit of an insight as to what's been going on behind the scenes at Pop Creative. Um, again, all the best of luck in the uh, the next 12 months and uh, hopefully we uh, do get the opportunity to speak again. Thanks very much. Um, it was a pleasure welcoming Adrian Gwynley from Pop Creative onto the uh, the podcast today. And uh, for anyone tuning in who may feel that they have their own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, you can apply to be on the show at leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, to all of our regular listeners, until next time, take care and goodbye. We'll see you again very soon.